Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. You're listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. Welcome to the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I am Cody Tugger, joined in studio by Jared Newland. The Wyoming Cowboys lost last night in Las Vegas. Nothing new. 19 in a row they have lost to the Rebels in Las Vegas inside the Thomas and Mack Center. Cowboys fall to the Rebels 64-57. That's their fourth loss in their last six outings, Jared. Um, Might as well get right to it. Everybody, it's on everybody's mind. Are the Cowboys on the bubble? Did their bubble burst? How secure should Wyoming fans feel today? After this absolute brutal stretch, with which, by the way, they've played four games in eight nights against the top competition in the Mountain West Conference. Three in five days. Yeah. NBA teams don't even do that. Yeah. And I think if you probably look through the college schedules, there's no other college team doing that right now. It's a crazy situation that the Cowboys are in, these makeup games with COVID and everything. Um, when you look at this schedule, yeah, they knew they were going to have tough games down the stretch at the beginning of the year, but when these – COVID rescheduled games came into factor and stuff like that. They were before that they were they were going to have a little bit of time off. Yeah, rest those the weary legs. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But that did not happen, and um, and they now they're going to end up playing like I said four games um between a Saturday and a Saturday to close the season out. Uh, it's it's a tough stretch. Um, they need to find you know dig deep, of course, and and figure out a way to win on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, excuse me. Uh, but. Yeah, losing four of six, it's it's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not the end of the world either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this team, their body of work, the beginning of the year, the non-conference schedule they played, the the road, the tough road wins they had at Grand Canyon, Cal State Fullerton, Washington, Washington. I mean, Cal State Fullerton, that's their only home loss. Yeah. is Wyoming. Grand Canyon has lost twice at home. Wyoming and New Mexico State, and New Mexico State's the perennial perennial power of the whack yep. um i mean those are not easy places to go in and play and and they, they proved that they could do that and th- that really set them up for mountain west and plus they have some key mountain west road wins yeah um yeah four out of six losing down the stretch here is not good but it's also not the end of the world um i still think they're in uh some of the experts still think they're in when you look at the the bracketologists across the across the board there guys that are in the know guys yeah that, guys that know they know what's going on when you look at joe lenardi and um, jerry palm's track record those guys are in like the 98 percentile mm-hmm. when they're picking their brackets yeah they don't have maybe the exact locations correct or the exact seeds but they have the teams down to about 98 99 percent right so those are the people that you need to to really be following <laughs> not some of these other hacks out there not bj reigns uh, I don't even know who that is. 
Well, and you know, the Cowboys also picked up a big win in Hawaii, uh, you know, knocking off Northern Iowa, who won their regular season uh, conference championship. Uh, speaking of regular season conference championships, the Cowboys beat Boise State. Um, they've beaten Colorado State, the current number two seed. Uh, the big loss that's kind of glaring right now is New Mexico. Uh, last night was not a bad loss. It's a quad one team. Obviously, Wyoming's had a hell of a time playing in that uh, in that jam and that against that team for a long, long time. I believe uh, I believe UNLV's forty two and nineteen all time against Wyoming. So nothing new there, but. You know, also, I think something we need to take into consideration, Jared, is not only was that a tough stretch the Cowboys played, they had the target on their back. These were bigger wins for the Cowboys' opponents than they were for the Cowboys. Yeah, when you look at San Diego State moved up in the net rankings, that was a huge win for San Diego State to come to Laramie yeah. earlier in the week to win. UNLV, they they, they moved up in the net rankings um, from 92 to 88 after uh, the, the win last night. Um, that that doesn't happen very often when you're talking about a Wyoming basketball team as of late that these other teams are moving up because they beat Wyoming. Yeah. So those, I mean, like you said, that's a target on their back. And um, Wyoming only dropped a couple of spots. It's it's not the end of the world. The, the sun came up today, folks, <laughs> and it's going to continue to come up the next few days. Um, the naysayers on social media is out of hand right now saying that they're not going to drive the Laramie anymore. They let them down one too many times. They've lost once in the last 380 days in Laramie. What yeah. are you talking about? They let you down. <laughs> Social media is so bad for mental health. <laughs> it's brutal. Oh. I try not even to look anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. But. And some of these people that I see on there are actually very good supporters, and I can't believe they're spouting off the way that they do. Yep. It's hard to... It's hard to stomach. And misspelling every other word, if I might add. Uh, it's painful sometimes to read that stuff. Uh, try and stay away from it for sure. But, you know, we, we talked about it. We talked about the optics before we came on the air. We talked about the NCAA committee. And will they spend enough time on the Cowboys when they're thinking about whether Wyoming deserves to be in the big dance or not? Will they take into consideration? Will they? Can we trust they'll put in the time to say, Look at how brutal this schedule was for the Cowboys down the stretch. The optics are not good. Losing to New Mexico is the one that really, it's brutal. Um, we all know how tough it is to play in the pit, but if you just look at that schedule, it's ugly. That's a big black eye. But And speaking of black eye, the Cowboys could be without Hunter Maldonado here uh, for the regular season finale on Saturday, if not longer. Uh, Coach Lender did not sound optimistic last night at all, said that it was a heroic effort, the fact that Maldonado even came back into that game, which, by the way, he was awesome to start the second half, scored 22 points to lead the Cowboys, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, passed Sean Dent for the single-season assist record all-time in Wyoming history. Uh, So congratulations to him. What an unbelievable effort. Uh, He took a – an and inadvertent hit in the face, right in the eye, and it hit him in the left eye, and it looked to be swelling up quickly. Coach said that he has a lesion in his eye right now, and he was not in a good way after the game. So uh, that will be something to look after. But the optics of this, losing four of six coming down the stretch, is just it's it's not pretty optics. It's not, but that's what the selection committee is for. That's why there's these heads in the room talking things through. And they can look at that schedule and say, look, at, there's probably no other team in the country that has done this. Yeah. Uh, look where they were before. Um, they've had a couple of injuries, you know, possibly, I mean, especially if Maldo does sit out. And hopefully they can still win that game on Saturday without him if, if he were to sit out. But um, I, that's why they have those discussions. 
That that's what the committee is there for is to talk through things like that because they would they do that with injuries or if a coach was ill, mm-hmm. you know, down the stretch or something like that. Hey, look, they did it without their coach. In Michigan's case, they're actually winning without Juwan Howard, so maybe <laughs> Phil Martelli's going to be the head man there in, in Ann Arbor. Who knows? But uh, but they do they do definitely look at those things and talk those things through. That's what they're there for. I asked Jeff Linder after the game yesterday. Um, he hates excuses. He really does, and he pumps it every single practice all the time. He, in fact, said, hey, guys, this is a brutal stretch, but if you want to win a conference tournament championship, you got to win three and three. Uh, so no excuses. But I asked him, despite hating the excuses, UNLV beat Wyoming for every loose ball last night. They ripped the ball. Webster rips the ball right out of Drake Jeffries' hands in a very critical rebound situation last night. They're hitting huge shots. They're pulling. They're winning the battle on the glass on both ends. I believe they pulled down four offensive rebounds in a row in the first half. Those are the winning plays and these close games that Wyoming has pulled off in the past. They're not doing it right now. So I asked Linder flat out, "Is this team just tired?" Yes, they are. They're exhausted. And you know what? Everybody's on Graham E.K. right now. Yes, he's in a shooting slump. After going 11 for 11 against Air Force, he's been, in a, he's been shooting about 34% from the field. Not good considering how much he shoots the ball. But if you think about it, and, and Linder talked about it last night, the way they kept Bryce Hamilton in check last night, it wasn't just Ducell and Winslow all over him. It's E.K. popping out to the perimeter and, and putting a guard on, face guarding him, and then backing up. That exerts a ton of energy. And this is a big human being. This is a six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pound guy running up and down the court the way he does. So they ask a lot of that guy. Maybe his legs aren't there. He only played what twelve games last year. So now he's on game number thirty. It's and game number three of the week. I mean, it's is it okay for them to just be flat effing tired? I say I say so. Yes. I mean, give give him a break. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, from from social media and the fans hacking on them. Yeah, and they plus also need a break, um, you know, to rest. So today they're you know on Thursday they're traveling back from Las Vegas. They did not charter. Um, it's an easier commercial flight, and they're out of charter money um, because some of these you know are makeup games and stuff. But they so I'm sure they won't hit the gym today at all. They may even do just a small little walkthrough tomorrow. They may just keep them off their legs as much as they can on Friday as well. Who knows? They might need a mental rest just as much as a physical yep. one. And it's not a bad thing to, to not see your coach for a day, maybe, yep. you know, just to stay away from them. Coach is. Um, but then, you know, after Saturday's game, luckily it's an afternoon game. That gives them a few more extra hours of rest Saturday. Um, and then, you know, Sunday, I'm guessing they're not going to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Monday, they may not do a thing. Just you know, maybe some rehab here and there, do some therapy, and then really get after whoever they're going to play in the first round on Tuesday and then travel Wednesday. Yep. So, uh, you know, last night, obviously, EK took 10 shots. Like, it seemed like he took the first 10 shots of last night's game. Um, Got off to a really nice start, but finishes 6 of 19, finishes with 14 points. Yeah, he missed a lot of shots. Uh, That's not ideal. But to me, Jeremiah Oden just hit – what three threes against San Diego State? He's been way better of late. He doesn't score last night. Xavier Dussel doesn't score last night. Noah Reynolds had to step in for eight minutes last night for Hunter Maldonado while he was in the locker room getting his eye checked out. The Cowboys went in an eight-minute drought, and he didn't score. 
the role players have been doing great of late. They did not do great last night, and I think it really hurt this team. They really needed those guys to step up. Dussel did a fantastic job on Bryce Hamilton, yep. a really good job. Hamilton finished with 15 points. Eight of those came at the free throw line. This is the leading scorer in the Mountain West. And, and top three in the country. Yeah, I mean, this guy is dynamic. So, um, But once again, doesn't this always happen to Wyoming? Royce Ham, their big guy, has not hit three threes in a game all year. He steps out, hits three threes effortlessly. You could tell that he doesn't hit threes because EK's not out on the perimeter in his face because they're not worried. They're yeah, like, they're you sc- want to take that shot? They're Do scouting reports. They're supposed to let them. Absolutely. Analytics say let him take that shot. Yeah, and of course he hits it, yep. just like Johnson did, Keyshaw Johnson did for San Diego State on Monday night in Laramie. Those things aren't supposed to happen. Then Webster comes off the bench. He was aggressive. I hope Noah Reynolds, who is an aggressive player, I hope he watches what Webster did last night. He and came what, in and drove. And what Pullian did two, um, See, three nights yes, ago. Yes, exactly. That guy, I, yeah, Bradley hit 30 points. Pullian was the hero of that game. He was the good. The shots that he hit were in such key times yep. and some somewhat acrobatic shots at, oh, yeah. at times, too. Those late two were huge, huge shots. Um, Seiko, too, comes in for San Diego State. Hits a few threes. I mean, this is just this is stuff that's not supposed to be happening. But doesn't it always seem if you want to have a career night, you play against the Wyoming Cowboys? We've been saying that for what thirty years. It's so frustrating. And on the other side of it, I do want to give props to Hunter Thompson. Absolutely comes in three for three when they were in that scoring drought, hadn't had a field goal in like seven fifty something. He hits the first three, then he hits the second one, then he hits his third one. And he's had career nights against UNLV. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's the team he likes playing against, obviously. But we've all been down on Hunter Thompson yeah. as of late because he just he only comes in for a couple minutes. Including and gets Linder. And he goes back out. Yeah. Not moving. I thought he played pretty good defense last night. Took a he, charge. And he kept that uh, ball alive on that rebound. Yep. Um, that he could have gave up on easily, but you know he was fighting for it. Yep. Um, so huge props to Hunter. Um, you know, maybe he comes back for his last year, you know, his COVID year. Maybe he doesn't. But if this is his last few games that he's playing, I hope he's going to give it 110% like he did last night yeah. each time out. He did a really nice job last night. I thought the effort was there uh, from Wenzel last night as well. His little putback at the beginning of the game was a thing of beauty. The one-hander? The one-hander, offensive rebound, puts it in. I thought that was a really nice shot. He also hit a huge three that put this game within three late. That's the thing, too, Jared, that's been really frustrating about this team. They've won these games all year. Now they're not. But then you look back at them, and they were all winnable. Aside from Arizona, every one of these games was winnable, and they were in it. And several of them, you can go to the flip side, that they probably should have lost yeah, a couple of those games can. that they yep. did win, but they fought through and won. So, But look at your regular season champion, Boise State. How many they pulled out of the fire this year? And we talked about San Diego State. They're a David Roddy miracle away from beating CSU and Fort Collins with an epic comeback, a Shavers three that beat them in San Diego, a tripping foul on Key Jab in Boise. They're, they only got beat bad by Utah State. Other than that, San Diego State could be sitting at the top looking down at all of us at this point. The eye test, San Diego State has the dudes, and we all know that. <laughs> Always. Um, but that seeing them up and close earlier this week – um, I I was kind of you know earlier in the year oh they're not the San Diego State of old oh yeah they are they're just they just weren't gelling at that time they are now yeah and if Bradley hits the way he was hitting because we went into that game going San Diego State's offense is awful well 
they were ranked 260 something yeah on the road for field goal percentage yep and they put on a display on monday night yeah 10 of 14 threes in the first and the cowboys are down what seven at the break I think it might have been closer than that. <laughs> and then they come yeah. back in the second half. I mean, you're not even supposed to come back yeah. from something like that. But it goes to show you how good they were even earlier in the year that maybe the only time that they really clicked maybe in January from start to finish was that 30-point blowout against CSU. CSU and CSU went in there ranked in the top 25. Yeah. That, that was a 30-point loss they took. They got pummeled. They were never in that game. Is it safe to say, Jared, the Cowboys have not put together a complete game all year long? Probably. Which is a good thing when you're 23-7. and seven. Yeah, You could probably look back at a couple and maybe we're just not thinking of them that, you know, maybe at Utah State. But they still only won that by two. But but you look at that, that's such a hard place to play. Yeah. Um, and they, I thought you know, maybe from start to finish there, they, they probably did a pretty good job. But... Yeah, there's 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 a few games that you know maybe ninety percent was was there, but yep. not the full hundred. Man, you have to think that's coming. <laughs> just need some just need some uh, some sleep. I mean, they're they're exhausted. Yeah, th- those legs are weary. I mean, you see it in Hunter when he's yeah he he's kind of that gangly guy anyway. So that's kind of the way he dribbles and stuff. But you can tell his legs are just. They're weary. He dribbled one off his leg last night coming up the court by himself. Um, that's not Hunter Thompson like or Hunter Maldonado like. EK, every one of his free throws was short last night. His legs are yep. his legs are toast. And when you're when you see three point shooters missing some shots badly too. Yeah. They're overcompensating for their legs not being there. Ducell, who yep. was busting his ass on the yep. defensive end. To me too, Jared, how do you Especially with Maldo on the bench. Maldo and EK were on the bench for eight minutes in the first half yesterday. How in the hell do you only get one shot at a Drake Jeffries? Granted, UNLV played great defense on him. How do you not free him up? He is. He used to be the number one percentage-wise three-point shooter in the country. He slipped all the way down to 15, which is still really damn good. Uh how does he only get one shot, which he miraculously turns into a four-point play, by the way, and the Cowboys are only down one at the break despite their two dogs on the bench for eight minutes? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to put anything down on the coaches, and maybe, it's, maybe the players themselves aren't the ones that are going out and finishing um, you know, certain schemes and plays that they've been calling. And some of it too, maybe Drake's legs are just so tired he can't get to those spots that he was earlier in the year. And last night he's probably playing against quicker guys than he's been normal used you, to playing against. The telecast was right last night. I thought that the energy was on UNLV's side the whole time, to the surprise of nobody who watches the Wyoming Cowboys. It's just been a it's been a tough. I hate to keep using that excuse, but it, it's a legitimate excuse. They beat him to every loose ball. You just don't see Cowboys teams doing that. And even sometimes when those balls, those rebounds were just, they're bouncing off people's chest, their hands, just couldn't bring them in. And some of that's just like just that one last effort to grab mm-hmm. that ball. Yeah. And then, you know, then they end up on the floor. And then Jeffries has the one and come guy comes and grabs it right out of his hands. Right. And, uh, you know, the the refs in the UNLV game last night – the one guy was not going to make any calls after Linder after he teed Linder up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Vern Harris and Larry Spaulding, they were doing okay. You know, they were calling their, their normal games. That other guy, I don't even know who in the heck that other guy was, but after he teed Linder up, I mean, there was nothing that was going to go the Pokes' ways for quite some time. You know what? I know fans are going to fan, right? I mean, they've been griping about officiating nonstop, and it is weird to see EK only go to the line. He only went to the line twice last night. He only went to the line once against CSU and once against San Diego State. You don't think that's humanly possible. Linder knows it's not humanly possible, but I kind of like that they're letting him play, and I don't think it's been bad down the stretch here at all. No, I think you're seeing a lot less fouls called down the stretch, and uh, Jay Billis actually has been hammering this topic for about a month or two, and he is fully um, set that before the NCAA tournament, between the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, they are all going to be on a call, all the officials going in the NCAA tournament, and there's going to be a, a, I wouldn't say an ultimatum, but there's going to be they're going to talk about what should be called and what shouldn't be called, what to concentrate on, what to not to concentrate on. Uh, you can definitely tell Mountain West officials are concentrating on the flop. I've never seen so many flop warnings in my life, which well, is kind of nice. You know, the thing is, too, you can't even call Mountain West officials. Right. Because they don't do just Mountain West games. These are like Western Coalition right. officials because they call WAC games. They call Pac-12. They call Big West. They call... Pac-12, I may already said that, and Big 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see them all over TV, these guys. Yeah. Uh, like Dave Hall did the Wyoming game Monday night. Last night he was in, he was doing a New Mexico State game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, they yeah. get weary too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could tell you made a good point on those loose balls last night that, you know, Odin tips can't corral one that goes out of bounds. EK couldn't corral one. You know, and then Maldonado bouncing it off his leg. That was just kind of the uh, brother. Like, uh, <laughs> and even if they don't, even if you know the opposing team doesn't score on those, it's still a lost possession. Yeah, because there's time that has gone off the clock before Wyoming would get the ball back and go down. So it's really a lost possession either way. Um, if there is no point scored. I thought that's what hurt the Cowboys a lot against San Diego State, too. There was a sequence there at the end where San Diego State pulled down two offensive rebounds in a row. That took at least 40 seconds off the clock in crunch time. And then the foul call on Ducell was tough to – that was tough to swallow. Uh, The Cowboys were right there in it and just, uh, ouch. That one hurt, but these are the things that have been going the Cowboys' way all year, and now they're not. So – uh, we can look forward to obviously Fresno State on Saturday. That's a must win. You've got Orlando Robinson's a really good seven footer for the Bulldogs. The Cowboys have seen him a lot in the last two years. Um, big game, huge game. I know we've been saying must win for a long time. That one is an absolute must win. But the way it's shaking out right now, and if if, if things are going the way we think they're gonna go, uh, bad news. Wyoming and UNLV will face off in the first round or the second round of the uh, the first game for each team in the Mountain West tournament on Thursday at 2.30 inside the Thomas and Mack Center, a.k.a. the House of Horrors for the Wyoming Cowboys against that team. So, But it is it is a little bit different setup. You know, they, they don't have their court. They have different r- rims and hoops that come in. Uh, they they don't have Gucci Row set up, all that kind of stuff. So I mean, the Gucci Row, Cody's courtside, yeah. not the guy from Pawn Stars, like when he was there last night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and Steve Wynn and people like that. But yeah, it 
but an afternoon game, UNLV, Wyoming would probably have more fans in attendance for an afternoon game than UNLV. Yeah. I'm just saying that right now on Thursday. Uh, UNLV is one of those crowds where they're going to show up if the Rebels keep winning. If they if they were to advance to Friday night, then you you see that get going. Then you got that bass player playing their music, you know, Rebels, yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it gets it gets going. Oh yeah. But that afternoon game, I wouldn't. I mean, it's not going to be a home court advantage fan wise. It's going to be Wyoming fans will drown them out. Do you like the matchup? I don't assume they're going to hold Bryce Hamilton in check again the way they did, but I also don't assume Ham is going to hit threes, and I don't assume Webster is going to score 11 off the bench. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if, if Hamilton goes off for 25, those other guys are going to be maybe 10 and 5, 10 and 6, something like that. You know, it's not uh, going to be that way. But maybe it, maybe it's better if Hamilton goes off a little bit because uh, then those other guys aren't in – in the mix is maybe they're not hanging around the, you know, in the paint as much, getting those offensive rebounds, you know, because he's kind of clearing them out type of a deal. So there's more Cowboys in there to get the rebounds. Yeah. Well, they also last night the Cowboys did a wonderful job on Donovan Williams, who's the Rebels' second leading scorer. He only finished with five points last night, one of five from the field. So Wyoming shut down their two big guys, uh, but once again these goofy role players coming out of left field and doing you also got to assume that Jer, jeremiah odin's gonna score you also got to assume Ducell's gonna score um I, I don't know i mean this isn't a matchup that terrifies me it's not like how they line up against new mexico per se i mean i think we can all look at that and think that's probably the matchup the cowboys don't want but unlv didn't they didn't scare me but bryce hamilton had an off night and a rare one yeah, you. Last night they were still in it all the way down to the stretch. You're without your number one guy, your point guard, for seven, eight minutes, and things could have been totally different. You know, maybe Maldo's in that game. Hypothetically thinking, Maldo's in that game the entire time. Maybe the Cowboys have a six, seven point lead at halftime. Well, what if Ek hits ten of nineteen instead of six of nineteen? Exactly, which he's more than capable of doing. Yep. So. That's how quick. And I even saw fans last night griping about the, they're not making their free throws. They were, what, 8 of 12, I believe, from the line? Yeah, 8 of 12 from the line. UNLV was 14 of 18 from the line. Yeah, Each missed four. Yeah, each missed four, and the Cowboys lost by more than four. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to make your free throws, but it's not the end of the world with that last night anyway. So, I'm actually stunned the Cowboys only turned the ball over 10 times last night, being mentally and physically tired like they were. And, you know, a couple of those were bounce passes. Yeah. That they probably shouldn't have been bounce passes. And I, you could you could read Lender's lips, we can't say on this air, <laughs> how upset he was with those two passes. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Dish the ball. Don't, no, don't get cute. And then... He almost threw Maldo almost threw another one away that behind the back pass to Thompson that Thompson didn't know was coming mm-hmm. that I think Drake had to save from going out of bounds. Yeah. And it, it wasn't a turnover, but it's like, why are you getting cute? Yeah. Just pass the ball. Crisp passes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it, armchair coaches. Yeah. Love us. Oh man. I, I'm I don't know. I mean, I might be crazy, but I'm kind of excited about the potential of playing the Rebels first. Um, I think everybody else in the conference would be pretty ecstatic if uh, Wyoming knocked the Rebels out of this and 
because the Rebels are one of the hottest teams. They're one of the hottest teams coming in, and Wyoming is uh, the opposite of hot coming in. But it, it, it's I think this Fresno State game is not only huge for the win column, but huge for the optics column, huge for the to see how the Cowboys look, to see how they're maneuvering, to see if EK starts hitting some of these shots he's been missing. A lot of those were front-rimmed last night, which has to do with legs, and and they were. And Does he need to get deeper? Does he need to, you know, I mean, he's settling for a lot of shots that aren't, those aren't easy shots. Or take one more dribble and a step and go up and under instead of just fade away and shooting over the top of their hands. Maybe he needs to go up and under. Type of a deal and draw contact, draw contact and lay it off the glass. Don't so. you think that's what I loved about McLean's teams? Is they used to they're getting to the line, they're either scoring, they're getting to the line, or it's an and one with their with their point guards. I'd like to see. I wrote about this last night. Drake Jeffries is not just a trigger man. That dude is freaky athletic. Why is he not driving the lane? Especially how many guys have we seen in the last week that come flying, soaring past him? And all he does is take a couple of steps and stay behind the three-point line and chuck it up. Well, and you see the opponents, like a Webster, a Pullian, they take those steps, a a dribble drive inside the three-point line, hit those 15-footers, those 12-footers. Those are the shots that are beating the Cowboys right now. Yeah, they sure are. Those mid-range jumpers. And the Cowboys aren't shooting those mid-range jumpers unless it's EK. EK is the only one. Yep. Yeah, even last night, uh, I don't know if you remember this sequence, but Maldonado was all alone at the free throw line. He had the ball inside the free throw line and could have just put up a nice shot. Instead, started frantically looking for the pass. And I thought twice late down the stretch, Odin settled for wide open threes Yeah, instead of catching, dribble, and he could have just thrown them down both times. How many guys have we seen soaring past him? Yep. Soaring past Ducell. Because they know they're going to chug up a three. Yeah, but drive. Drive. I don't know why they don't. I mean, that's – Linder's scratching his head why they're not going to the free throw line more. That's why. I mean, you're not getting fouled out there. Yep. So, I don't know. I kind of like playing UNLV, though. I kind of like playing them right away. They're not my first choice <laughs> by a long shot. But right now it looks like unless something drastically crazy happens – Honestly, the only way Fresno State's going to jump UNLV is if UNLV loses in New Mexico and Fresno State beats Wyoming and Laramie. Yeah. And if that happens, it's bad news. And so just forward thinking here, if you if Wyoming beats, you know, the wins of their first round matchup as a four seed, they would face the winner of Boise State um and whoever they're going to end up playing. Um I like that matchup. I like that matchup better than playing a CSU or even San Diego, or San Diego State. State in the yep. semis on the other side of the bracket. I agree. I totally uh, – I mean, one, you don't – CSU, to sit through 40 minutes of that game in a semifinal matchup, that's not – there's going to be some passed-out people in the stands. I mean, <laughs> being taken out in stretchers because that just sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, and San Diego State's just going to be a bloodbath Yeah, because it's going to be, a you know, in the 50s game probably, just like the championship game a few – Several years ago, it was in the forties. Grind them out, yeah. Yep. So I, I would, I'd like, I would rather play the Boise State side. Well, in the last time Boise State won a regular season title, the Cowboys beat them in the championship game in Vegas in 2015 and went to the uh, NCAA tournament. So <laughs> I'm grasping at straws here. <laughs> that, they, they were. 
co-champions that year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they've won an outright championship Until in the Mountain year. West. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? They've they've been the ones pulling out these games because yep. they're not they're not scary. Key jabs really good. Degenhardt's damn good. He's going to be a huge and problem. Shaver hits those big shots. Yep. And there's been games when Shaver hasn't hit a shot the entire game. Then he San Diego the game State winner. San so. Diego State, Utah State. I mean, they've been hanging on by a fingernail yep. all year long. But we were talking about it on the air with the uh, Brady Hole show last week that they've been living on borrowed time. But you can easily flip that on the Cowboys too, yep. and you can almost easily flip it on CSU as well. So in San Diego State, they've all that's what's been making this conference so much fun to watch. And that's why if if you are going to Vegas or if you're still up in the air and going to Vegas, if you're just a college basketball fan, this is gonna be one hell of a tournament to sit there and watch games. You know what, and I gotta be honest with you, with the Cowboys being so bad in basketball for the last forever since two thousand fifteen, I haven't watched a lot of basketball and certainly haven't gone home to be glued to a San Diego State, Colorado State game because Wyoming's so far out of it. Who cares? You know, I never cared. So it's so nice because I'm finding myself doing that. I hauled ass home from Laramie on Saturday because I wanted to come home and see and hope that UNLV would find a way to beat Boise yep. State and, and Utah State beat Colorado State. And, and of course, those things didn't happen. But, I mean, it's nice to care again. And, like, Linder put it in perspective last night. Maldo put it in perspective Monday night. And I know you probably don't want to hear it, but this team was picked to finish tied for eighth. And here we are a week left in the season, and the Cowboys were right there for a regular season championship. They are so far ahead of schedule right now, but they've they've teased us. They've teased us because they've been so good. It's not a bad problem. It's really not. Folks, they're 23-7 and seven in March. Yeah. It's a pretty damn good record. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, so the other big question is, uh, it's senior day on Saturday. Do the Cowboys have any seniors? Is this the last home game for Hunter Maldonado, Drake Jeffries, or Hunter Thompson? Fans are still, and sorry if I get short with some of you, I just, it's hard answering the same question 7,000 times. There's not a senior on this team eligibility wise. I know the TV tells you every day that Hunter Maldonado's a senior. In school, he's a senior. In basketball, he's a redshirt junior. Yep. So these three could come back. I don't know if they will. I guess that's the other thing that sucks. For those of you that don't know, we're still on Zoom calls. So we're not face-to-face with the team. It's insanity, honestly. And and I feel bad for, for Nick Seaman, who you know has to facilitate this whole thing because it's not his fault. But Colorado State, after that Colorado State game in Laramie, they're down interviewing their players and coaches face-to-face while we're still doing Zoom calls and can't hear so in, what I'm getting at is we haven't had a chance to to talk to these guys and say, Hunter, are you coming back? Because you don't ask that last night after the Cowboys lose yeah. at UNLV. We didn't even get Hunter Maldonado last night. We only got Jeff Linder, but, and which is the case at all road games. Um, but we, didn't have, we, we haven't had those opportunities to find out and get to know these guys like we would if it was a normal year and we could talk to them face-to-face. And, of course, when Alan Edwards was here, they were begging us to come and talk to everybody but it just wasn't moving the needle. Now it would, and it'd be great to share more stories about these guys, but we have a 15-minute Zoom call. So I don't know if Maldonado's coming back. I don't know about Hunter, and I don't know about Drake. I have a feeling that 
the players know and the coaches know. Yeah. Because coaches need to be recruiting. Yes. And, and we've like seen that. some offers on Twitter. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Maldo's done everything he can do here. I mean, look. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten better each year. He's His body is beat up. Yeah. So, for a guy like that, if he, he's old. If he wants to go play professional basketball in Europe and make some money while his body is, can still do it, I say go do it. Yeah. I mean, go make some seven figures for a couple of years and, and, you know, get your base, base income going Yeah, and, and, and play the game that you love and then go, go, uh, um, do the a, stock market. Yeah. Whatever he's, you know, yeah. he's that finance major or whatever. So, yeah. um, and then Hunter Thompson, I know he wants to go to physical therapy school. And I think in the very beginning, he probably too wanted to have dreams of playing in Europe at some point. I don't know if those dreams are shattered now. Um, but, um, you know, he's, he's a good student and, um, maybe he just, graduates and moves on um who knows and then drake jeffries he's a guy that has one of the quickest shots we've ever seen as a cowboy yeah um and he he can play at that next level overseas probably and some of these he probably thinks and some of these other guys probably think they can play at the other you know the the professional league here in the states but um i i would say that at this point drake's probably a, an overseas player as well but yeah go make money while you can yeah the only reason to come back is if they believe the Cowboys can win a, a championship next year. Yep. And they and then they need to know that all you know that their all their coaches and all their teammates are coming back too. Yeah. It's just that's life with COVID right now. We don't know who's coming back, who's leaving, who's coming, who's going. And uh, we're going to have an interview here coming up for you with Shayla Howell, the uh, Mountain West champion long jumper who owns the school record in the long jump, who will be in nationals next week in Birmingham, Alabama. She also happens to be your niece which I know you're very proud of. She's a great girl. Uh, you're going to really enjoy this interview, but it's a question with the track people too. And she's technically a senior in school, but yeah. she could come back next year. And we asked her about that, so you're just going to have to wait and listen to hear what she says. <laughs> but that's what a lot of these people are facing. I mean, we saw it with football too, and, and they, they have to get that thing back down to 85 scholarships. Yep. So there's going to be some tough decisions saying, and that could be a tough decision for Coach, whether, Coach Linder. Whether he says, hey, Maldonado, go make money. We need to get young. We need to get new faces in here. You know, yada, yada, thank you for all you did. Same with Thompson, same with Jeffries. I mean, he, he could have those conversations too. I don't even know if it's an open conversation whether those guys can come back. True. I don't know. Yep. So it's really up in the air. So I think we'll probably all figure out together um, on Saturday at the AA if – those guys get announced for senior night, then I think that they're probably gone. So I think that's how we'll find out. Although in football, Chad Muma didn't get brought out for whatever reason, didn't get announced, even though we knew he was going to the draft. I still don't understand that. I don't know what happened there, but uh, it, it was a shame. Well, at this point, I just hope that the weather cooperates on Saturday. They are calling for snow, but maybe the snow comes after the game. Let's people get to and from Laramie, um, so there could be a really good crowd there on Saturday, and uh, send these seniors off in style, and then send this team off to Vegas on a winning note, and get get back on the right track. I got to say, Jared, this is probably not going to be popular. Um, I thought the crowd was very loud on Saturday or on Monday night against San Diego State, but I also thought it was embarrassing. Yeah. In so many ways, I thought it was super embarrassing to only have five thousand fans there. Yeah, and I don't understand. Even the games that they said the lower bowl was sold out, there were still a lot of open seats down there. So if you have tickets and you can't go, 
give them to somebody who can go. Yeah. Give them somebody who can use them. Turn them back into the ticket office. They will sell them. That's That's been frustrating. And I know that people are just starting to catch on again, and you know the last few years have been dreadful. Um, but I thought 5,000 in a must-win clutch situation against San Diego State uh, just was not impressed. That place used to have 10,000 easily on Big Monday at start times at 10 o'clock at night. And you know where I'm pointing most of this blame is Laramie. Where the hell is Laramie? There's 27,000 people in that town, and there's 5,000 people at the basketball game? What's happening? Yeah, the the Laramie crowd is one is first and foremost needs to be there, and then of course Cheyenne, Rollins, Wheatland, Fort need, Collins need to fill in after that, and then coming home on uh, Monday night, I saw a lot of uh, Torrington vehicles. Yeah, going back. Torrington's a great, great supportive town of the Cowboys. Absolutely, um, and I've always been frustrated with Laramie. Always, <laughs> it's just. It's it's inexcusable, in my opinion, that they didn't. And the students have been showing up. They've been doing a good job for the most part. But, I mean, I, I can't help but think back to those McLean days when the student section was unbelievable. And for people who don't buy season tickets and just say they're going to buy, you know, oh, I'm going to buy – I'm going to go to eight games this year and we're going to buy single game tickets. Well, you know that those equal up to probably more than your season tickets or oh, just yeah. about the same, and you missed out on eight other games? Yeah, that's um, true. Season tickets is the way to go. It's the most economical. And once again, if you have season tickets, you can't be there, give them to somebody or sell them to somebody at the discount. Yeah. Just get rid of them. But it's still the best way to go. I'm really actually proud that last year we couldn't give tickets away. This year we were out of tickets. Yep. We've given away so many tickets this year. And it's been good. I mean, it's there's not a lot to gripe about, to be honest. I mean, we got to keep this thing in perspective, just like Linder and the guys are doing with the the twenty three and seven thing and the the twelve and five thing, and the fact that cowboy basketball is back on the map. It's a it's a really beautiful thing because it's been a long time. Yep. I remember the Cowboys playing CSU. See, a border war was on TV when I lived in Michigan, and I watched five minutes of it. Five, that doesn't happen. Yep. And I was just. I'm I'm over this. This is miserable. <laughs> so well, the switch uh, topics just a little bit. Let's go to the cowgirls. Yeah, big win against their uh, border war rivals last night in overtime. overtime yep. um, they solidified the three seed. Uh, they uh, um, looks like they might play CSU again right off the bat. Yeah, so um, so they they don't have to play on Sunday night, which is the play-in games. They will play the winner of CSU uh, San Jose State, and that'll be the late game on Monday night. Um, in the quarterfinals. Uh, the good thing for, for the Cowgirls, um, they've beat the number one seed, UNLV. They've beat the number two seed, New Mexico. On the road. Yep, on the road. And then um, and they've, they've split with everybody else that's in, you know, in their side of the bracket that, that, that's higher than them. So they have a chance to make that run again like they did last year. I mean, that was a magical run last year. Oh. But they have – pretty much the same team and they can do it again and they actually have they have more power and and bigger you know their their bigs are bigger down below Fertig Fertig yeah. and she um she's grabbing some key rebounds McKinley Bradshaw just goes off every once in a while yeah. she she's fun to watch and then Wyoming but, girls by the way yeah Wyoming girls and then Tommy Olson uh but those three seniors last night did what they needed to do on a senior night so let's see if the Cowboys can those three Cowboy seniors can do that on Saturday as yeah, well. Yeah, I believe Albus Sanchez, Ramos, 
Tommy Olsen and Quinn Wideman went for 42, 44 last yeah, night. And 20-some rebounds and yeah. double-digit assists. Man. Yeah. Yep. What a going out with a bang for sure. So, yeah, Gerald Mattinson has those girls playing well for sure. It yep. was a tough start. They had a really tough non-conference schedule. So, um, also wrestling heading to national or heading to the Big Twelve. Big Twelve this yeah. weekend in Tulsa, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the the preliminary rounds are all on the ESPN app, so you can watch those on your phone or your tablet. And then the uh, championships, I want to say, is on ESPN U on Sunday night. No. Um, and going into the tournament, Stephen Buchanan is the number one seed. Uh, uh, he mo- he would have been the number two seed, but um, A.J. Ferrari from Oklahoma State was in a car accident over a month ago, and he's out for the rest of the year. Um, so, so, so does that open the pathway for Stephen Buchanan to possibly, possibly win, win a national, national championship? Yeah. Um, no. A.J.'s had has gotten the better of him. They've been close matches, but AJ's gotten the better of him every time they've wrestled. So this does open up the opportunity to um, for Steven to win it. He's number two ranked overall in the country, number one in the Big 12. That's a bad dude. Yeah, and <laughs> I wouldn't he, mess he, with that dude for he all took the, money a, in the world. He took a bad loss earlier in the year in a duel. He just got caught in a throw, and when you're wrestling at 197 pounds, if another guy that big's on top of you, you're not going to get out most likely. So yeah. it, it happens, and he it, the national people know that the voters and all these people. So it didn't hurt him seating wise whatsoever. Yeah. And, and he came back with a vengeance after that. I think he, he pinned or tech followed three or four guys in a row. Yeah. He just, he was pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And that's one guy you don't want to be pissed off. Yeah, man. He's a specimen for sure. Uh, also, uh, the aforementioned Chad Muma will be taking part in the NFL draft con- or the NFL combine, sorry, scouting combine in Indianapolis. I believe that's on TV Saturday, Saturday. on NFL network. Um, I did an interview with a national reporter the other day from, I believe he covers the Green Bay Packers, and he sent me some questions about MoMA, and I found myself just, you know, he asked, like, why would a GM draft Chad MoMA? Um, (laughs) Every answer had something to do with Logan Wilson. Every single one of them. And uh, fair or unfair that he gets compared to to Wilson all the time, I think it's fair, and I think Muma could be even better. I I totally agree with you, and not taking one thing away from Logan Wilson. Yeah, obviously he's good. Yeah, I I just think Chad might just be a little bit better and has a brighter future. Yeah, he's just bigger. He's got a different body, lengthier. Yeah, lengthier. Yep. And the one thing he wanted to get right this year was to start creating turnovers, and we saw he did that early and often, and took two back for touchdowns. So you think about those those two guys back to back. I mean, and just overall good guys. Yeah. Oh. I mean, two of the all-timers Yep. at that position. And, you know, that's what I said, too, to this guy. I'm like, he, you're never going to have a problem. This guy is going to give you his all. I mean, it was all the things you say about the perfect all-American kid, right? You know, like he's never going to give you problems off the field. He is going to do any and everything. He's going to be buried in the playbook. But you don't say that about every prospect. No, no, because you don't. there's a ton of prospects that are they're getting hammered on these questions. I mean, think about Johnny Manziel. Yeah, somebody still took a chance on him. They knew what they were getting, though. Yeah, I mean that guy was a basket case. Yep. You got Chad Muma, Logan Wilson, other guys that have come from Wyoming. Just overall, Josh. really good guys. Marcus yep. Epps. Yep. I mean, they just Cash Malawiya. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna grind for you. Stay out of trouble. They're going to stay off social media yep. for the most part, you yep. know, all that kind of stuff and do the right things and be fixtures in their communities. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, I, I felt kind of guilty because I kept pointing back to Logan Wilson, but, you know, it, it kind of sucks. We we saw that Epps and, and Wingert held Halliburton back all those years because they were so – it's a good problem to have, but they hold they held Halliburton back all those years. So did Malawia and, and Logan. They held they held that guy was playing special teams for two years for the Cowboys. Yep. And he's a pretty special player. He's a pretty special human being in general. So uh, whoever gets him is going to get a, one of the good ones. It's not going to be – it's not a hard decision. And that's what I told him straight up. This is a no-brainer for a number of reasons. The guy can play ball, too, yep. oh, by the way. And uh, the one thing that uh, those two really have, too, is they're so cerebral. Their their football IQs and their IQs in general – are just huge. They see the play. That's how you show up to the play where the play is going, and that's how you show up and intercept balls, and that's how you're in the right place at the right time. Yep. They're cerebral. They pay attention. They they are they're the they're already they were professionals when they were in Laramie. So Chad Muma will be going. I wonder how high. I wonder if he'll get picked higher than Logan. Uh, Logan went, of course, third round. I believe first overall pick of the third round. We were in his living room, so it was wild. And uh, hopefully the same coming up for Chad as well. Uh, that's the plan anyway. So, uh, But big one Saturday in Laramie. Uh, Fresno State, huge, huge game. Tip off at 2 o'clock. I believe if you can't make it, it's on the Mountain West Network. Uh, but big one. And then Vegas, heading to Vegas Wednesday. Uh, of course, a lot of Wyoming fans heading out there for the Cowgirls, too. Uh, couldn't make that happen, unfortunately, but we'll be watching the Cowgirls uh, for sure. And and uh, I'm with you, Jared. I think they can go on a run, too. And uh, excited about it. Uh, I wish the Cowboys weren't limping in, but, man, a, a big win, a good optic win over Fresno State would sure go a long way. If you see EK hit 12 of 18 and, and Maldonado, they do their normal thing. I think everybody's going to feel better. Absolutely, and they're and they're not going into Vegas with a target on their back. No, I mean that. Leave that to Boise State and San Diego State right now. How often do we say too, like you don't want to face that team, you don't want to face New Mexico, you don't want to face UNLV? A lot of people don't want to face the Wyoming Cowboys. Yep, because <laughs> they know what they're capable of. They're just not doing it right now. So, anyway, uh, stick with us here. We have an interview with Shayla Howell from Colony, Wyoming. If you know where Colony, Wyoming is, you uh, you've won up me already. Uh, I was born and raised in this state, and I don't have a I didn't have a clue where Colony was until I talked to uh, Shayla today. So enjoy this interview from her. Uh, that's another thing to keep track of this week. Uh, the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships are in Birmingham, Alabama. The long jump will be at 6 p.m. Mountain on ESPN3 on Friday, March 11th, and that is free streaming on ESPN3. So make sure to check out Shayla Howell. She's making her second appearance in the uh, Indoor Track and Field Championships, her first on her own with the long jump. So excited for her. Uh, it's going to be a good time down in Alabama. So congratulations to you, Jared. Congratulations to your family. Uh She's Thank you. A good, she's a good one. Yeah, she's been fun to watch, and I'm so glad that she's a Wyoming cowgirl. She had some other opportunities, but she she came here, and I was able to go to Austin to watch her as a freshman in the championships down there. Just couldn't make this one work, but hopefully she and some other cowboys and cowgirls can qualify for Eugene in the outdoors, and we'll definitely be there in June. Yep, I know you'll be glued to your laptop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know where to find Jared. He'll be drinking a beer watching his laptop all day. So... <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy this interview, and uh, we'll see you next week. On the phone with us is Mountain West long jump champion Shayla Howell. How are we doing today, Shayla? 
I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, congratulations on the big jump in uh, Albuquerque last week. I got to ask, when you were flying down the lane right there, did you did you feel like when you hit the dirt, did you feel like you had just won it, or did you feel like you had your best jump of the day? I, I did feel like I had my best jump of the day. I wasn't positive if it was going to be a winning jump, but it felt like it should be. <laughs> what... What is that pressure like? Can you even explain what it's like to be standing there and be and be flying down there and knowing that you have to hit a hit your best right there to to win it and go on to nationals like you're going to do next week in Alabama? Um yeah, so the pressure it seems like it should be a lot of pressure and it is, I think, but I do think um like all my experience and um me having went to nationals my freshman year on the relay and then honestly just my upbringing like growing up on a ranch, rodeoing. Like, there's, there, I've just been through, I feel like, a lot of high-pressure situations yeah. in my life where at this point, um, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with pressure. Does so. it I, – I don't know. Does it, it? How is it walking into that, into the Mountain West Conference meet, knowing you're the number one seed and you have the giant target on your back? Um. For me, honestly, it's a good feeling. I like it kind of gives me some confidence. Like I deserve to be here. I'm supposed to be here. And um, it just lets me know like what I need to do. And I just need to keep doing what I'm doing or even do better. And I will win. So, right. Yeah. So now you're the proud owner of the school record. You broke your own school record at the Mountain West Championships in Albuquerque with a 21-foot, four-and-three-fourths jump. When you're in practice, Shayla, do you jump even further than that? Um. Honestly, I couldn't tell you for sure because my coach doesn't measure our jumps. Like we know relatively like how far we are in the sand, what that shouldn't be marked. Right. But um he doesn't really measure us and I know I jump I know I've hit some big jumps in practice. We also don't do full approach jumps in practice where I actually run from my sixteen step approach mm-hmm. and um jump off the board. We normally um like mimic our jumps, we do eight steps with a box or 10 steps with the box or just 10 steps off the board. But so it's kind of hard to tell, but I know that um, I've been practicing that exact jump a lot in practice. And I just had to be able to put it all together in at a meet. Is there a reason he doesn't do that? Does he not want you to start getting numbers in your head and be focused on that kind of stuff? This, this is Quincy how we're talking about, right? Your, your jumping coach. Yep. Yeah. So honestly, I'm sure he does have a reason. He has a rhyme and reason for everything he does. <laughs> and I, I've never questioned it, why he doesn't. I have not, you know, honestly, I'm not used to, even in high school, my coach never measured our jump. Wow. Um, I mean, there were, there's tape up on the side of the long jump pit that has like, um, I guess a relative, what the mark would be if it were to be measured. So, and I kind of remember what those are a little bit. So if I look and see that I landed about where like the six meter tape is, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's all right. That's good. So um, it's kind of like that. We know relatively, but he never actually gets a tape measure out and measures unless we might have popped off a big one. And he's like, oh, I got to measure that type of thing. Right. Um, I'm yep. curious. Uh, I'm curious, like, because you do outdoors as well, right? Yep. Okay. So what, what – I'm not a track aficionado by any stretch of the imagination. Can you tell us, the listeners – what what's the difference between jumping outside? I mean, does the wind could could the wind play that big of a part? Because that's my first thought. That would be the biggest difference. 
Yeah, so there are, there's a pretty big difference. Um, first of all, indoor to outdoor, there's a better chance you're going to be on more elevated runways indoors than you will outdoors. Okay. Um, and then also the wind is a big factor, and they take that into consideration when they mark your jumps. They have um, a device that measures the wind, and if it's like blowing too much one way or another, they will um, like alter your jumps or whatever, convert it to where... If like the wind's blowing too much and you make you hit a really big jump, they'll convert it to where they're like, eh, you wouldn't have jumped that far if the wind wasn't blowing that sure. hard. That must be a so, heck of a yeah. heck of a tailwind <laughs> to give you <laughs> to give you some crazy big jumps. Right. Yeah. No. It it can be for sure. It can factor a lot, especially in your like the run, not even just the jump. But there's been times where the wind is barely blowing and I have to move back. Wow. Like a foot or two feet just because of the wind pushing me just a little bit. I was going to say, in Wyoming, you would think you'd be the best long jumpers on planet Earth if the wind played that big of a factor. <laughs> no joke. Every <laughs> single day, the wind is blowing here. <laughs> do you guys practice outside often? When the weather's good, we do. So, no? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much no. <laughs> I mean, it's been... I don't know. This last fall we practiced. I feel like the weather was pretty good for a lot of the fall. Yeah. Um, but honestly, our jumping pit indoors is better than our outdoor jumping pit. So our coach doesn't push it too much. Like it's, if it's even like the slightest bad weather, he's like, oh, we'll just go inside. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to stand there and watch you jump all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So you're heading to nationals in Birmingham. How excited are you for, the, are you for this? I know you've been before, like you said, but now you're going mm-hmm. not as part of a, a relay team. You're going as part of, you know, you're going on your own, and this is you in the spotlight. You're going up against the biggest schools in the country, some of the best athletes in the country. Uh, what What's your mindset? heading into this thing and what's your goals for this Shayla um yeah I am super excited I it is a lot different like you said especially since it's not outdoor it's indoors and making it to indoor nationals is honestly a lot in my mind it's a lot harder because they take the top 16 in the nation no matter like when they mark that jump like someone could have popped off one jump one day a really good day and made it and then they might not even jump close to that at nationals but that mark got them in mm-hmm. like unlike outdoor how you have to qualify to a meet and then it's like sudden death kind of you have to do good at that meet to make it right um so it is quite a bit bigger deal and my mindset is uh just to keep doing what i'm doing uh, kind of try to mimic that last jump i made that got me to 21 feet at conference sure and just try to i guess do that better so um, I just just keep trusting the process and trusting what my coach is saying and my ability and what I've been working so hard to achieve. I saw after you, I saw the video, and if if the fans haven't seen it, it's on uh, the seventy two twenty Sports Twitter account. When you nailed that last jump, can you describe your emotions as you sat there and waited for those numbers to pop up? Because it was it was a great video, and it was great to see your reaction. <laughs> yeah, I my emotions are crazy. Like when I. When I landed, I was like, that had to have been big. I <laughs> I felt so good. I actually kept my eyes up, and I wasn't looking down at the pit. I was looking out and up, yeah. which I never do. My coach is like, we've been working on that for two years. He finally did, <laughs> finally did it in crunch time. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of made me laugh. But um, I landed, and I thought, I was like, that had to be big. I got out of the pit, and I looked, and I could kind of tell like where I'd been landing and where that was. And I'm like, that has to be further. But I didn't want to like jinx myself, I guess. Yeah. 
And then the guy reading the tape, he hadn't said it out loud, but I walked up and I looked at the tape and I saw like a, it was between like a five and a six, like for six meters, five or six meters, six. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of when I jumped up the first time. And it was kind of funny because no one knew why I, why I was jumping around, <laughs> but I knew that it was a big jump. And then finally they announced it and then it got even more exciting. But uh, yeah, it was pretty great. crazy. That's great. That's a great video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on the uh, Twitter account. Uh, what What does your week ahead look like, Shayla? I mean, do you change anything in your training or... You know, uh, you know. I know you wanted to mimic that jump, but I assume you want to add some inches to that. And uh, what what are you going to change this week, if anything? Um. Yeah. I mean, I just need to keep doing what I've been doing. Um, my weight coach has been doing a great job of kind of, I don't know, chilling the weight room out a little bit to where we peak at conference. And obviously, he did a great job because a lot of the athletes did peak at conference. Yeah. And then I guess I'm just going to um, – the plan was in the weight room to just keep doing the same thing I did for conference week and just finish that out until I go to nationals. And then um, same with practice because at this point, um, like my coach, uh, my weight coach Josh told me, he's like the physical part. You can't get any more physically um, ready than you already are. It's all between the ears. It's all in your mind now. So that's what I need mm-hmm. to do. I just need to have a good mindset and a clear mind going into it. So. There you go. Well, I have to ask, because you're one of these athletes in this day and age, uh, what, if anything, has COVID done to your training, done to you, impacted you? Um, It's been a really crazy time at the university and every university around the globe, but uh, how have you navigated COVID, and uh, what has it done to affect your training and and your track seasons? Yeah, um, it has had a big effect on everyone. I... Trading-wise, um, obviously when it first happened, we all got sent home for quite a while. And I'll be honest, I went home and I worked on the ranch, and I did not do much running. I was pretty heartbroken about the whole thing, about how we weren't going to have a season, and I was like, <laughs> I'll put track in the back of my mind for a little bit. Um, and then I guess we came back and trained again. And I don't know, I ended up getting sick, actually, and I lost a bunch of weight last Mm, it's last January and that affected me quite a bit last season. It took me a long time to kind of like gain some of that back. I already have issue gaining weight and gain some of that back and be strong again. And finally, by the end of the season, I was feeling like I was getting my strength back and I felt like myself again. So I felt like this season, it was kind of this um, getting in tune with my body again, where I felt strong enough to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, COVID it's, kind of getting back to normal now but i think it burnt a lot well definitely burnt me out but a lot of the athletes just kind of were like uh like it's just another thing to affect our training and like track's already a very humbling sport you know you have to prove yourself every single time you go out there it's not like you have a team to back you up that can pick up the slack when you're down right um it's you know you got to give it your all every time and prove yourself every time and then having covid in there was just another factor that wasn't very fun so um it definitely i will say it definitely burnt me out a little bit on it i was kind of ready to do something else and which i think the timing is great i um it's kind of getting back to normal now and i'm really starting to love track again honestly awesome Uh, well, I wish I shared your problem with gaining weight. Um, definitely don't. If you need to borrow any, <laughs> I, uh, I got you, girl. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess, uh, you know, 
I, I guess you do have another year because of COVID. You have another year that you could come back. Have you made your plans yet? Because like uh, we talked about off the air, I know you're getting married in the fall. And and uh, mm-hmm. are you planning on coming back uh, for next year? And uh, what are your future plans? Um. So right now I'm not planning on coming back. I'm planning on graduating in May with my Bachelor's of Business Marketing and um my plan is to move to Texas with my fiance in September, kind of go from there, get back into riding and roping and stuff. I have got a couple messages about coaches that train pro athletes um, in track. If I would like to go pro and kind of how the season's going, if I, it just depends. I have considered it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if I did continue with track, it would probably be at the pro level, not in college and um, training with a, separate coach probably down in texas because that's where i'll be living so uh, and your fiance you said is a professional rodeo cowboy so uh hopefully he's a good yep. one so he can just uh he can pay for everything <laughs> while you're training yeah exactly that'd be the <laughs> ideal situation <laughs> so let's go uh-huh. backwards a little bit here here kayla uh or shayla i'm sorry um no you're fine um School-wise, you had a ton of offers out of high school. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa State, Oregon State, Utah. I mean, I know why you probably didn't pick Utah. I mean, none of us would pick Utah. But why did you pick Wyoming? <laughs> um, so, uh, I first of all, I came down here kind of on a visit because my mom was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I was like, well, I might as well take my visit down there. Like, I was kind of against going to, like, your hometown state type of thing. Right. Although I was – more South Dakota since I went to high school in South Dakota and I kind of claim South Dakota a little more like still Wyoming was in state tuition and I was like ah I should just do something else but once I got down here and I did take an official visit here um I love the campus um I really liked Laramie mm-hmm. and the coach really Quincy is majority of the reason why I came here and the teammates I did like the team yeah but he is an outstanding coach. Like he really could be coaching anywhere. And for him to be coaching in Wyoming is a really big thing. And he's, he's one of the best coaches I think exists. Right. <laughs> so that's a lot of the reason I came here. Cause I knew that I could trust his coaching and trust him to help me reach my full potential as a long jumper. Yeah. That's awesome. So most mm-hmm. people, uh, you know, don't know you're a real cowgirl. You actually rodeo yourself. I, I understand you rodeoed at Wyoming when you first got to campus and uh, rodeo mm-hmm. in the summer still. You're a roper. And I'm really embarrassed to say this, Shayla. I, uh, I'm from Wyoming. I'm from Cheyenne, born and raised, and I had never heard of Colony Wyoming before. Uh, what is, how is that? That's probably not the first time you've heard that. I wouldn't imagine, but, um, (laughs) what is it like growing up in colony Wyoming? And like you said, you went to high school in Belfouche and that's 25 miles away. What is it like? What is colony Wyoming like? And what is it like to go 50 miles round trip just to go to school every day? Plus you're playing all these sports and extracurriculars. I mean, that had to be a tactical nightmare. It was, yeah, it was kind of a tactical thing. I, it was awesome though. I wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing about where I grew up or how I grew up. Colony is a very, it's so small. We don't even have our own zip code. That's why our address is so confusing because we have a South Dakota address, a South Dakota zip code, but we're in Wyoming, like Amazon. I can't even get my address to register on Amazon to send me back. (laughs) That's how confusing it is. But um, I, 
it was so nice because it was a very small knit community and close knit. And it was like, I just always had support in everything I was doing. Our whole family did. And, um, you know, going to school, driving that far it at the time I was like, wow, it'd be nice to be like five minutes from the school, not have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. But honestly, like those drives back and forth, they kind of like helped me clear my mind after sports and competitions and like, just think about things. And, I don't know. I wouldn't change a thing about how I grew up or where I grew up or how I was raised or anything. So it's, uh, I understand uh, your uncle, Jared Newland, who uh, is my coworker and sitting in the office with me right now, but we can't get the dang headphones to work, <laughs> <laughs> said it's the Bentonite capital of the world. So a bunch of Bentonite mines and stuff up there, and you're, you could spit into Montana and spit right into uh, South Dakota too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of bentonite workers out there, and the factories out there are really big. Um, that's, I guess, what I drove by going to and from school every day. But, yeah, that's a pretty big thing out there. And then, uh, yeah, it was also kind of crazy because um, where Jared and my mom grew up um, in on the ranch that I live on right now, it's, a hundred, I think, 101 miles from the ranch my dad grew up on in Montana. So I went from South Dakota to Wyoming to Montana quite often yeah. between the ranches and school. Yeah, I bet you did. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, so another video uh, that I want people to see that uh, I need to put on the Twitter. Uh, Jared showed me a great video. So you're, you're team roping. And you're you bust out of the shoot. The shoot is that what <laughs> bust out of the shoot? Uh, and uh, no, you're good. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. yeah you're good. <laughs> your hobble strap breaks on your roping horse. And, yep. And this sucker is bucking. You look like the Wyoming license. You look like Steamboat. I mean, you're <laughs> you're bucking along. Uh, things going nuts. This video has eight, oh, more than eight hundred and seventy three thousand views. You hung on the whole way. What in the world was that like? Uh, yeah, that was crazy. I was not expecting that at all. Um, it happened so long ago. It's kind of like a dream, <laughs> like nightmare more so. But no, I, that horse had never bucked. And I honestly had never been on a horse to, like that bucked that hard before. Like, <laughs> I don't know. My parents were really good about the horses they put us on and keeping us safe and stuff. And I'd been on ponies that had bucked, but nothing like that. And I was sore the next day from hanging on. <laughs> You did a great job. It's a great video. It's hilarious. I was wondering after you after you tamed that wild wild thing if you were uh, if you were thinking about switching careers and maybe being a saddle bronc rider. Oh man, I got so many jokes about that. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was did, a one time thing. It didn't even look like you were panicked or anything. I would have flipped out. I would have bailed. Um, I wouldn't even have been on the horse first of all, but second of all, I would have bailed. Oh, I. I think the reason I did not bail is because my mom had had a really bad accident where she came off a horse that was bucking and shattered her leg. <laughs> and I was like, I am not getting, like, I'm not coming off this horse. <laughs> <laughs> you were glued to that no way I'm going to that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a great video. We're going to have to get that up on the Twitter as well. Uh, the <laughs> NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships live from Birmingham, Alabama, Friday, March 11th. Uh, the long jump will be at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN3. You can live stream that. If you want to watch Shayla Howell, Colony Wyoming's own real Wyoming cowgirl, Shayla Howell. 
I appreciate you taking the time to do this, and congratulations to you on on making it to nationals and getting married and all the great things that are going on in your life. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.